0: are you Lord how many knows he's great this morning oh. you say how do you know that he gives life he woke us up this morning how do we know that he gives hope it's because when we look to his word we find that there is things to celebrate even in the midst of great opposition and uncertainty in a nation. We know this morning one thing for certain that our Lord our Savior is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and I today and we have a high priest that can be touched this morning. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Well welcome to the house of the Lord today. We are so thankful that you're joining us this morning whether it be in this building or by way of live stream today we just welcome our uh, live stream audience into the sanctuary with us this morning and uh, we are so thankful for those that are joining us in that manner today this is the day the Lord has made I pray that we will rejoice and be glad in it amen I'm excited to be back in the house of the Lord so thankful for the support this past week of Resurrection Camp meeting, just wonderful time, in the services, uh, just a powerful time in the Lord. So thankful for the men of God, women of God, that God used to speak into the lives of those that was here. And uh, if you was not able to be in those services, you can find those uh, on our YouTube channel. So I encourage you to to do that and uh, and catch up on what you missed out on. Just a powerful time that we had in the Lord. So, but this morning I am glad that we are still serving a risen Savior, aren't you? Yes. Amen. So, uh, lots of things going on. Pastor Jade gave you a rundown of those things very quickly just a little while ago, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. It's becoming a very busy year, and uh, we are we're excited about what God is doing, but. Uh, We're really excited about the partnership in Belize and what we're going to be doing over the next little while with that. And uh, so you want to stop by the table back there on your way out this morning and uh, just kind of get a glimpse of of the project that we're launching uh, with Brother Derek and those, those fine folks there in Belize. So it's going to be a great, great thing in the future. Amen? Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary... Today, I'm going to uh, just encourage you to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. I don't know about you, but this does my heart good when I see this many young people and children in the house of the Lord. I am so thankful. Uh, the future of the church is, is bright, amen? And uh, we are so, so excited about that. This morning I am going to do my best to share with you what the Lord has placed in my heart for our time today. Uh, If you follow us on social media, you probably saw a little deal that simply said Challenge Sunday, Uh, going deeper with the things of God. I thought I would make it interesting, but I thought I... I thought, well, I better not do that. I was going to send somebody to Jungle Gyms and make you guys really be challenged in the natural, but I thought, well, I probably ought to just challenge you in the spirit this morning because some of you are crazy enough to do some of that stuff that they sell in those stores, but, uh, but this morning, uh, I want to challenge you uh, in just a few moments, but I want to I want to share with you the word of the Lord and I want to try to bring the urgency of this hour uh, to our attention so it may be a little different this morning but in the end I am going to and I know that and the challenge that I'm going to give you I gave to our ministry class just a couple of weeks ago so they're about two weeks ahead of you Uh, but I'm going to give you a challenge for the next 365 days I know we can't do much over 24 hours in our culture today without getting bored but uh, you just stay with me and I believe this that 365 days from today if we will embrace what I'm going to give to you we will be radically different we will not even remotely look the same operate the same and even think the same we will be completely transformed And we will be people that are turning a world upside down for the message of Jesus this morning. So I'm going to begin by, and this may sound a little negative this morning at the beginning, and it's not to be negative. uh, But stay with me, all right, because this is, uh, I'm going to speak truth this morning. Uh, I do believe with all of my heart that we are on the brink of experiencing a supernatural outpouring and visitation of the Holy Spirit not just in this nation but in the nations of the world and God is moving in some amazing manners already but at the same time it is moving with a small remnant of people while a vast majority in the western hemisphere that's setting in buildings just like you are this morning is still sleeping and slumbering and missing what God is doing. It has to change. So for the first few moments, I'm going to deal with this thought. I'm going to ask you a question today, and then we're going to jump in the Word. Could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not watch with me one hour? let us go to Matthew 26 beginning in verse number 36 familiar story but let's revisit it this morning then comes Jesus with them his disciples unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples sit you here while I go and pray yonder and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, notice this, and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep. And he saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Then he goes on to say, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42 through 46 He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. But then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doeth betray me. For a few moments today, could you not watch with me one hour? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you that we can assemble in a house of prayer and worship. But also, Father, we're thankful that we can come and sit and hear you speak into our lives. Today, Lord, I pray that this congregation of people would not hear me. They would not see me, but they would only hear you. That they would see the importance of your word this morning. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would move and have his way in this room over the next few moments as you see fit for him to move. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for all that is accomplished this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we find ourselves in an hour that's similar to that which I read to you this morning in Matthew chapter 26. We are in an hour a time of betrayal. To betray simply means this, there's multiple definitions but one of the definitions I believe that is most powerful is this, to be unfruitful in guarding, maintaining, or fulfilling your charge. Today whether we like to admit it or not we are betraying the very foundation of our faith. We have sold off a little bit at a time throughout the last several years, and then we wonder why we are dealing with the crises of our day. We wonder why we bring our children to the house of the Lord every Sunday morning and still wonder why they're in their bedrooms cutting themselves, not desiring to live we still wonder why our young people are trying to fit into the world because they don't even fit in in the church where they've been raised. Can I tell you this morning the reason that there is such struggle in a generation is because you and I as men and women of faith that are supposed to be spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers have failed and we have betrayed the very foundation of the word of God. Please hear me. Our nation this morning is in tremendous trouble today, not only because of a demonic infiltration, not only because of evil men, but the reason that we are in the condition that we are today in this nation is because of the sleeping church within her. I knew you weren't going to shout me down this morning, and it's okay. We need to revisit Ezekiel chapter 33 and read that chapter, but especially verse number six of that chapter, because let me just give you the one verse. I did not give this to them this morning to put on the screen, but notice it says, but if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any persons from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand? I wonder this morning how much blood we have on our hands. Can I tell you it's been another deadly week in our community because of addictions and all sorts of things. How many of them was touchable that we failed to touch? because we couldn't stay awake just one hour our approach for revival and an awakening and please I'm not trying to be mean this morning I'm trying to be real with us because I got to get you to understand the urgency of where we are in order for you to ever think about embracing what I'm going to give you at the end but our approach towards revival and awakening in the United States of America Is embarrassing to say the least we say we want it we talk about it we say all the right things but yet but yet we don't show any ambition and passion to reach a lost and dying world because we're just too busy we speak the right words but we refuse to pay the price for that which we say we desire. Notice with me when Jesus needed the disciples the most they failed to discern the seriousness of the hour. My fear this morning is that we are repeating the same thing right now. He was in a place where The weight, get this, the weight of the world was getting ready to be placed on his shoulders. Not just the weight of the world, but the weight of every sin that had been committed or would ever be committed was getting ready to be placed upon him. And the weight was so heavy... And he simply took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and said, come a little further with me. But then he says, I'm going to just go right over there and I'm going to pray, but would you watch with me? And he comes back and he finds them sleeping. He leaves again and he finds them sleeping. He comes the third time and he finds them sleeping. If he showed up at your house today, would he find you sleeping? See, the ultimate question is this, will he find faith upon the earth when he comes? I want to bring this a little closer to you and I. Will he find faith at your house when he comes? Will he find faith in this house when he comes? Or will he find a lot of people doing a lot of religious things but still bearing their children and still seeing a generation overran? Or will he see somebody taking authority and bend the church? Do we really understand the urgency of this moment in history? Can I be so blunt this morning to tell you that our nation has been divided by those who want to destroy it? Our children are being indoctrinated to embrace everything that has caused every other kingdom to be destroyed. We have sat silently and watched while tens of millions of our most innocent have been aborted and we do nothing about it. We sit and watch a generation self-destruct due to the pressure of darkness that is hovering over our land. But yet we just want to go and give an hour and a half to the Lord because that is our reasonable service. We sit and watch a generation enter into the slavery of addiction, not to mention the countless thousands that have been abducted from our cities every year and sold into actual slavery. All the while, our houses have become larger. We have torn down our barns and built bigger ones to replace them for all of the stuff that we've obtained Our financial welfare is off the charts, but it isn't used for the advancing of the kingdom, but it is used to support our own selfish lifestyle so we can indulge in more leisure and pleasure. We have become so consumed with self we now no longer even have time to raise our own children, for that would be an inconvenience. It would cramp the style of life that we are enjoying. So we allow television and the internet to do that. But can I tell you, the ones that are operating that are not of the kingdom of light, but they are the kingdom of darkness. We have now entered into an age where we have 50 and 60 and 70-year-old men and women more concerned about who liked their photo on Instagram than they are about being an example to a generation and leading them into the presence of Almighty God. People say, man, I wish I had more time to give to the kingdom, but if I was to pick up their smartphone and look at their usage device, they spent six hours on social media doing nothing. Hear this preacher today. There has to be a change. I know some of you wish you'd stayed home this morning, but stay with me. Somebody has to step up. Somebody has to be the one that ushers in the reality that there has to be a change. Paul spoke very boldly to the church at Corinth these following words. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He said, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, because you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, strive, and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Please hear me. The church found in America today has become something much different than the church that we read of in the book of Acts. We have become the thing that Paul feared the most. I don't know whether to duck before I say this or not we have become a group of carnal individuals full of strive, envy, and divisions. And then we wonder why the Holy Spirit can't move. We wonder why our children are struggling. We wonder why our community has been overran by darkness. We have built our buildings, we have built our empires, And it no longer bothers us that we have more empty pews than full ones. And we have become so structured that we've structured the Holy Ghost right out of our services. And we wonder why there's no convicting, no repentance, and no hunger for God. There are those in the church today that call a move of God that little cold chill they get when the air conditioner kicks on because they don't know the difference because they've not experienced him in such a long time. We no longer desire the sincere milk of the word, little long the meat of the word. 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 and 2 simply says this, there comes a time that you have to self-examine and therefore you have to lay aside all malice and all gall, all hypocrisies and all envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere miracle of the word that you may grow thereby. I want to ask you, do you understand what our Father's desire is this morning? Let me give it to you this morning. Our Father's desire is for you to grow. I want to ask you, how much has your life changed in the last 12 months? Can you honestly say that you're closer to the God now than you was last April? Do you have greater maturity? Do you have greater sensitivity to the moving of the Holy Spirit? Do you have a greater passion for the Word? If not, you need to stop and reprioritize your life and self-examine, my friend. Because there's no growth there. We are ever growing. We're ever learning. I must ask you today, what is your desire? Folks, we are witnessing a crisis in the church in America. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12 through verse number 14. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Can I say this in all the love? Some of you are of full age. Just saying. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I want to say this. It isn't the world's fault that the church is in crises today. It is our fault today because we're still on the bottle and we have need of teachers when we should have been the teacher but we haven't ever matured or growed. A lot of that is leadership's fault, yes, but a lot of that you have to realize is personal responsibility. Don't wait on somebody else to get it for you. You don't need to go to a preacher. You don't need to go to a prophet. You don't need to go to a priest. You need to go to the throne room of heaven on your own. The Holy Ghost is the teacher. Hear me. Notice, I'm not here to be harsh, but I am here to be real with you this morning. You are responsible for you. We have complete bodies in this nation made up of babes, and it's a real concern because whole assemblies are sitting unprotected today. We got babes in the platform trying to be ministers. We got babes on the uh, keyboard and all the instruments trying to be leaders. Uh, And we got men and women that sit in the church for 30 years, but they never matured and grown in the word of God or the things of God. So it's babes everywhere, and then we wonder why everybody's on this kind of lifestyle. It's because there is no maturity And hear me today, it is only when you begin to take of the meat that you begin to have the spirit of discernment to know what is good and to know what is evil. That's why if we're not careful across America today, we have more worship leaders living alternative lifestyles than we do have the ones that are straight and living in a pure place with God. Jude said this, in Jude 1 and 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, he said it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Can I ask this question this morning? I know I've asked a lot of questions today, but let me ask this one. What are you contending for? What are you contending for in your house? What are you contending for on behalf of your family? What are you contending before? What are you fighting for? Are you just letting everything in the world come into your life and expose, be exposed, let your children be exposed to it? Or what are you, where is your wall of defense? See, when Nehemiah heard the condition of the city of his fathers, he realized something. He was not just full of anguish because that there was walls torn down and gates burned, but he was full of anguish because he realized there was no protection and the enemy was going in and out, in and out, in and out. Can I tell you this morning, you are allowing the enemy to come in and out of your life, in and out of your home, in and out of your children's bedroom, and you don't even discern that it's evil. If you're not opening your Bible... And if you're not spending time in prayer, can I be this bold this morning to tell you, you are spiritually dying every day. You're walking in weakness instead of strength. That's not God's plan for your life. This morning, please hear me. Not only are we to earnestly contend for the faith, but if you read verses 4 and 5, it says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of the old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believe not. Think about it. Then if you jump down to verse 17, it says, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own godly lust. Get this now. These be they who separate themselves, those that are sensual, having not the spirit, but ye, beloved, Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When was the last time you prayed in the Spirit? Hear me this morning. I know this may sound radical, but don't stop there. It says keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Where is your compassion this morning? Where is your urgency this morning? Where is that righteous indignation? This morning, which brings me to this today, as the pastor of this house this morning, it's my responsibility to protect you, to nurture you, to encourage you, to edify you, and to develop you into the things of God. And I take this responsibility very seriously. Which is why I'm presenting to you this morning in the manner that I am, and why I'm getting ready to share with you the following. For the next 365 days, I'm going to ask you to go on a journey with me. You may already be doing some of these things, and it's great if you are, but I'm going to call you to a higher level of consecration so that you can walk in the fullness of God. I'm going to give you five things this morning. Those of you that are taking notes, you can write them down or when you leave today on the table out there as you get ready to exit the building, you will find these cards laying there, okay? On the back of it is the five things that I'm getting ready to give you. You can put that in your Bible. You can keep those with you. On the front of this card, it gives us this Bible verse, Matthew 28, 19. Most of you should probably be able to quote it once you begin to hear me share it with you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That is the Great Commission. If we're not careful today, that doesn't seem too important to us, but it is very important to God this morning. So the first thing that I'm going to give you in this one-year challenge today is simply this. I am going to ask you to join with me and pray for the entire world. You say, how in the world am I supposed to do that? I'm going to help you this morning, okay? Number one, you and I need to understand the urgency of the need for prayer. It isn't about just, Lord, lay me down to sleep, pray my soul to keep. And Lord, by the way save everybody that's not saved it takes more than that we have to earnestly pray we have to travail we have to get to a place where this is a lifestyle that we live notice with me there is roughly seven point seven six billion people on this planet now just under eight billion people but 3.2 billion have yet to hear the message of Christ. They are living in a place that is yet to be reached. That makes up 41.7% of the population on this planet has yet to hear the good news of the gospel. It is important that we understand that when the Lord spoke to his disciples... What he instructed them to pray for was simply this. He said, pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers for the harvest. He didn't say pray for the harvest. He simply said, pray that there would be laborers sent to the harvest. Why is that so important? Is because, can I tell you, out of those 3 billion people that has yet to hear the message of Christ this morning... Over one billion of them is on the edge of starvation. Meaning this, some of them are just a few moments from death. Some are a few days from death. Some are just a few weeks from death. Nearly a billion people on the verge of eternity that has yet to hear the message of Christ. Why? Why? We've had, get this now, we've had little over 2,000 years to take the message to all of the people groups on this planet. But we have over 7,000 that we have not yet reached. Nearly 42% has not yet heard the gospel. And it is a direct result this incomplete commission It's not because we don't have enough people or because we don't have enough resources, but it is because that we have not prayed. A prayerless church is a church that does not send out, but it is a church that always looks in. When you begin to pray, and you begin to pray for the world, and you begin to pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, you no longer begin to look inward, but you always begin to look outward. And today, you and I need to understand that it is our responsibility to reach a world. It's not the world's responsibility to reach the world. It's our responsibility to reach the world. I can give you a couple resources this morning to help you in this part of this challenge. For those of you that are book nuts, go find you Operation World. You can find it online as well. It will give you every group, it will give you history and information about them. You can find them on the web or you can find an actual book. The book is very thick. It's full of amazing things. It will tell you the culture of people. It will tell you all types of things that you need to know. Or if you want something a little more user-friendly, you can go to joshuaproject.net. Every day, you can even download a Bible app that they have. An app that they have will help you and teach you how to pray for the world every day. Every morning, they will give you a a devotional. Every morning, they will give you a a group to pray for specifically. But I'm going to ask you for the next 365 days, every day that you pray for the entire world. The second thing is I'm going to ask you to join me in this morning is simply this. I am going to encourage you to read through the entire Bible in the next 365 days. You say, that's a lot of reading. I don't like to read. Listen, it's just a little bit of reading every day. You don't like to read? I'm going to make it real easy for you. Download a Bible app, use one of their programs, and let it read for you. Listen to it. Just get the entire word in your life in the next 365 days. This morning on your way out, I have three different plans that you can pick up on the table back there if you want a paper copy. It'll tell you how many verses you need to read each day or what passages to read each day. If you do this, by the end of 365 days, you will be able to say that you read the Bible through in a year. You say, why is that important? Is because the only thing that is able to drive out the enemy off of your life is the Word of God. When Jesus came out of the wilderness after 40 days, what did he use to defeat the devil? He used the Word. If you don't know the Word, you can't use the Word. You today and I today need to make sure that we put not just part of... Of the word but we need to put all of the word into our lives I was raised in a time that even those before me because some of you are even older than me you you had it even harder when you went to the table they said you clean your plate eat it all even if you don't like it eat it all can I tell you there's gonna be things in the Bible that you don't like but you are gonna have to eat it okay While we ignore the most precious possession, please hear me, the most precious possession that was ever given to man outside of him giving his life, it was the giving of the word. Okay? Our brothers and sisters across this globe often gather at the risk of their lives to hear it or to just have a page of it, while you have multiple Bibles laying on yourselves that you never pick up or ever even have a desire to read. God help us this morning. You say, is the word really that important, Pastor? David Platt made this statement, and I believe it's worth repeating this morning. He said this, when you open your Bible, you are beholding the very words of God, Words that have supernatural power to redeem, renew, refresh, and restore our lives to what he created them to be. Can I ask this question this morning? Does anybody know anybody that needs to be redeemed? Does anybody have a need to be renewed? Does anybody have a need to be refreshed? Does anybody need some restoration in areas of your life? Listen, right here is what's able to get it done. Coming and hearing me preach a message isn't going to get it done. It can help get you to that place, but it ain't going, it's not all you need. Listen, you're going to have to get to a place where you take personal responsibility. This is why the enemy does not want you to use this. Listen, he can defeat you if this isn't part of your life. But if this is part of your life, listen, you're walking in a place of the supernatural realm where you've been renewed, refreshed, and restored into what God created you to be. And therefore, when the enemy comes, uh, you can stand and resist him. uh, And the Bible says he has to flee. Listen, you're all dealing with stuff you wouldn't have to deal with if you just had the word. This morning, please hear me, this is why we have such sickness and disease in the body of Christ across America today, in the natural realm and in the spiritual realm. It's because we dance around this word instead of using this word. Well, it might be offensive, preacher. Well, good. It's supposed to be offensive. It's supposed to make us stop and look at ourselves so that we will self-examine and say, God, I need to change. Can I tell you this? When you read the words, you're gonna realize this. What you have heard traditionally at times, what you've even heard quoted at times from platforms by good people might have not been absolutely 100% accurate. And then you have to decide, am I right in my tradition or is he right? Can I tell you, both of you can't be right. And if somebody's going to be wrong, he's not wrong. So I'll let you figure that out, okay? I'm not going to say that. But I want you to pray for the entire world. And I want you to read through the entire word. You only got three more. It's 11.51. I can do it in nine minutes. I better not take you too long past noon after this message for sure. Thirdly this morning is I'm going to encourage you. just, Just grab your seat real quick, okay? Just grab your seat. You're going to need it. Because I'm going to really touch your heart right now. Some of you just don't run out when I say this statement okay just listen to me all the way through the third thing for the next 365 days is this I'm going to encourage you to sacrifice your money for a specific purpose I'm not talking about ties and offering you may ask why in the world should I do such a thing our hearts follow our money Here's what I want you to understand this morning. We are affluent people living in an impoverished world. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this morning, but here's I want to give you perspective this morning, okay? If you made $10,000 in 2020, you are wealthier than 84 percent of the rest of the world okay if you made fifty thousand dollars in the year 2020 you are wealthier than ninety nine percent of the people on this planet here's what I'm gonna to say to you I am setting in the presence of the top 1% wealthiest people on this planet right now. What are you doing with your wealth? You say, that's none of your business, preacher. It's not any of my business, but it's his business. Because he's the one that blessed you with the strength to go to work every day. He's the one that blessed you with the ability and the, uh, to understand and to be creative. He's the one that has gifted you and ta- gave you the talents in order to do what you're doing. Now listen, I'm not asking for a larger offering, so don't, don't, don't go there. I ask you this question this morning. How much is enough? How much is enough? Four bedrooms isn't enough, so surely six will be. But you're going to fill those other two rooms too, and then you're going to say, you know what, I need eight more. Listen sacrifice is not giving away what you don't use so I'm not saying go to your barn and get what you don't need and have it used for five years sacrifice is giving away what hurts to give while we strive for our next luxury please hear me and I'm not against being blessed over 1 billion people right now in this moment are living in desperate poverty Meaning they're lacking food, they have no clean water, they have no clothing, they have no shelter, they have no medical care. I'm not telling you not to go buy that new bass boat, okay? But I'm telling you, we can't do everything, but we can do something, right? What if we was to put our desire on hold for a year? and fulfill his desire for that year when you begin to sacrifice you should not just give to a good cause hear me because there's all kinds of good causes but you should sacrificially give to something that is gospel-centered because at the end of the day people don't need food water and clothing and shelter and medical care alone what they need more than anything is Jesus You can do everything else, but if you fail to give them Jesus, you failed. Hear me. So I ask you this morning, would you be willing to give something that hurts and puts your desire on hold for a year and give to him? You say, well, I'm not going to tell you what to give or how to give. Here's what I'm going to tell you. There's many places you can give. This is about touching people. This is about understanding that I can give, and I give with a cheerful heart, a cheerful spirit, and I give knowing this, that I'm expecting a harvest with what I give. God begins to honor it, and lives begin to be transformed and changed. I say find and search out ways that you can make your community better, make your state better, make your nation better, as well as touch the nations of the world in the next 365 days a year, in this next year. One of those ways, I'll just give you this, one of those ways is you can help pay for a bus if you want to be part of Belize, or you can help buy some medical equipment that's going to go in it. Or Brother Derek is meeting every Monday night, him and Sister Blanche, they're downtown. Listen, you could give up, this is, and this has just hit me the other day, and I haven't even said anything to them about it, but what would happen if every family in this church would just make the decision, I'm going to give up one of my 16-inch party pizzas and free breadsticks with it a month, and take that $23 or whatever it is, and sow that into better days, how much could we do? I'll tell you what would happen. Here's what would happen. That would alleviate the stress of trying to pay for a building and keep something open, they could operate in a manner where they simply could be simply focused on ministry. Is it really that big of a sacrifice to give up a pepperoni and sausage pizza and breadsticks? Because can I tell you, that $23, instead of making you feel bad and have heartburn when you lay down, that $23 could get you some rewards in heaven because somebody could get saved Monday. Somebody could get delivered Monday. Your uncle's children could be the one that walked through there. Hear me. You probably want me to move on. But sacrifice your money. I'm not saying sacrifice $5. I'm saying this. Sacrifice 500 Sacrifice 5000 You knew somebody needs a car. You got three of them. Give them one. God might just bring a new one to you. But preacher, you are radical. That's the whole ideal this morning. Because here's the question. Do you really trust him? Come on, come on. No. Do you really trust him? Anybody, can anybody quote Matthew 6.33? Anybody? Heard of the of God, right, so be added. Do what? They'll be what? Added. Subtracted? Is that what you said? Added. added. So why in the world do we worry? I'll move on. Number four, I'm going to challenge you to spend your time in a different context. Please hear me. I want you over the next 365 days to commit to going. And I know some of you, this is going to stretch you. But in some manner, over the next 365 days, I want you to commit to going forward and sharing the gospel. Get creative. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. It may be in your hometown. It may be in another state. It might be a short-term mission trip to someplace on this globe. I don't care how or where. I'm just saying do it. I'm talking about going deeper this morning. You all knew it was Challenge Sunday if you was on social media, so I don't feel bad about making you uncomfortable right now, okay? You knew what you was walking into this morning, partly. Listen... Spend your time in another context. It may be the very thing that brings you into the realm of where you're supposed to be. Notice, in some contexts, we must become willing to give of ourselves. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It doesn't take that much effort. I know it's harder for some than others, but it don't take that much effort to take this hand and to reach this pocket. And to take out some money and put in a plate and say, I did what I needed to do. Now, it's a little bit harder to leave this put up and you step and put yourself in the plate and say, you can use my hands and my feet and my talents. So I challenge you to figure out, because this will require us to do an inventory of ourselves. And also require of us of how we're spending our time. So don't tell me you don't have time. Can I be that bold this morning that you all know I love you, right? Don't tell me that you don't have time. You have time. If something's important to you, you will make time. Listen, if your favorite ball team is playing in Cincinnati, and I know you still got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to work, but somebody puts free tickets in your hand, you're going to make time to go because you like it. Listen, you may go to work next, or, uh, sleepy and groggy the next morning, but that's all right. You can still go to work sleepy and groggy because you worked all night for the Lord, too. Okay? Listen, we have to get to a place where we realize, notice, we are called to be faithful stewards. This does not just require of our finances, but this requires of our life. If we had to stand before the Lord this morning, right now, could he say, I am well pleased with how you're spending your time? Just a question. I'm not even going to ask for a lot of your time. How many knows time is one of the, precious, the most precious commodity that we have? Would anybody in this room simply say, you know what? I know that I'm busy in this and that, but I would give 2% of my time for the Lord for the next year. I got any takers? Anybody brave enough to raise their hand? Say, I'd give 2%. All right. I got some takers. You know how much 2% is for 365 days? If you do the math? 2% is one week. So surely, the old saints would say, surely, surely you can take a week of your life somehow, whether it be one day a week, one day a month, whatever, you just seven days, 2%, where you devote just seven days in the next 365 days, some way, shape, or form, to do nothing but minister. How do I minister? I'm not a preacher. I'm not a singer. Let me remind you this. Jesus said, thank you for giving me water thank you for giving me bread thank you for clothing me but we never did that to you oh yes you did when you did it to the least among you you did it unto me so don't tell me that you can't give a week of ministry you could go serve wherever do whatever hear me one year challenge sacrifice your money For a specific purpose. Commit your life. Wait number four you're wrong. Spend your time in another context. And then number five. You're ahead of me. Commit your life. To a multiplying community. Okay. Let me give you this last one. Then I'm closing. What does that mean? Commit your life to a multiplying community. I am going to encourage you. To commit to being involved with the local church, wherever you call home, listen, there has to be a restoring of the local faith family. Wasn't that many years ago, and everything has changed, some for the good, some for not so good not that many years ago the church in America especially it was a faith family emphasis on family you did life with the people you went to church with your children hung out with the people you went to church with listen you did dinner on the grounds you didn't go to church on Sunday. You went to church on Sunday, Sunday night. You went to church on Monday. You went to church on Tuesday. You'd go to church on Wednesday. You'd go to church on Thursday. You'd go to church on Friday. You'd go to church on Saturday. You'd do that for about three weeks in a row or five weeks in a row, and then you'd get a break because you, then you'd only go four days a week. You'd go Sunday, Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday. But listen, you was always with people. That's just what you did. You knew people. You created a dialogue with them. There was an extension of your natural family. You hurt when they hurt. You cried when they cried. You rejoiced when they rejoiced. But today, I have to say this, and I don't mean to sound mean. Oh, Lord, help me just say this in, a, in my sweet voice today. But now we have become men and women of faith. If church starts at 1030, we come in at 1029.5. We don't greet each other. We don't love each other. We love each other, but we don't love on each other. We don't know each other. Because we're so busy. While we're sitting in here on Sunday morning, we're already at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because Johnny's got to be here, Susie's got to be there, and Sally's got to be there. All of the while, the most important people is right beside you because the people in this room with you this morning is the people that's going to be there when you're in a place of hardship, not everybody else out there. Can I tell you, when things have went dark in my life, it's those that I've been in the house of God with that's come to my rescue. But we've lost that. So I'm going to ask you over the next 365 days, and I don't want you to take this in an extreme manner. I'm always a believer of this. Let me say it this way this morning. I have never been a fan where grown adults live at the house of other grown adults. Uh, That's a bad deal. Problems arise out of that. But I will say this, you have to stay connected with people. And there's nothing wrong with having somebody to your house for dinner. There's nothing wrong with going to dinner. There's nothing wrong with hanging out and having friends with the people you go to church with. There's nothing wrong with creating friendships and relationships that last a lifetime. The enemy says, oh, you don't need to hang around them or you don't need this or don't listen, none of us are perfect. We all have imperfections, but when we come together, we can help each other grow and develop, okay? But listen, the enemy wants you to live an isolated life because if you're not part of the sheepfold, guess where the wolf always goes? You would not believe how many times I've heard over the last 15 years especially Man, I just don't fit. We oftentimes don't fit because we will not commit our lives to a multiplying community. Meaning this, that we won't become vulnerable just to get to a place where we can love people and let people love on us. I know this sounds really strange in our culture, but I want to say this. Just because you and I may not agree on everything, that does not make you my enemy. We can agree to disagree. Our theology can be different. Our approach to life can be different. But just because you think differently does not mean I have to abandon you. But I can still love you. And you better still love me. Because if not, we have a heart problem. And it surpasses so much more than what I'm dealing with now. But here's what I want to say to you. We need each other. Maybe you're too proud or whatever to say it, but I'm transparent enough this morning. Larry, I need you. May I need you. Brother John, I need you. I need you to pray for me. I need you to undergird me. I need you to speak words of encouragement into my life. But in return, I, you need me, and I need to encourage you. I need to tell you you're going to make it. If I see that you're struggling, I need to do everything in my power to meet your needs so you don't have to struggle. Why in the world would I set with plenty while you struggle, or while you struggle? If God's blessed me, let's use the blessings. Hear me. That blessing may just be a word of encouragement. It may be a word of knowledge. It may be a gift of discerning. Listen, there's all many different ways that we can bless, but you've got to know that you're part of something. We have become comfortable with going to church and leaving without ever connecting with others. And we sit in a local church, and we don't even know the vision of the church. If we are going to do the first four things that I mentioned, please hear me. If you're going to pray for the entire world, if you're going to read through the entire Bible, if you're going to sacrifice your money, if you're going to spend time in another context, we are going to need each other to get it done. You can't do the first four without the last one. This morning, we need each other to show each other how to give liberally, to go urgently, and to live radically for the things of God. All of this is the sole purpose so that we can make disciples and to reach a world. So I ask you, before I ask you to go on this challenge with me, I'm going to challenge you to make yourself available to get plugged in to the local faith family. Please hear me. I can speak for every pastor I know, I believe. I can speak in this manner. They would say, concerning the church that they're pastoring, what I'm getting ready to say. This is not my church. This is his church. Don't, don't tell people in your community that I go to Brother Ronnie Russell's church. Ronnie Russell don't have a church. I'm just a shepherd of his church I'm honored to be so but we need each other listen we can dance together we can pray together we can shout together but we can mow the yard together we can clean toilets together we can change light bulbs together we can have dinner on the grounds together we can bring our families and enjoy This piece of property together, it's got to be important. Listen, get connected to one another. Let's do life together for the next 365 days. I will say this, one year from now, if we will pray for the entire world, if we'll read through the Bible, if we'll sacrifice our money, if we'll spend our time in another context and we'll commit to each other, we will be laboring for the kingdom and our family of faith will have doubled or are tripled and we will be reaching a world not just here but across the globe. So will you come and go with me? When I want to ask this question that I began with today, could you not watch with me one hour? If you go to the cemetery today, you will find on the headstone a day when they was born and the day when they passed, it was just a dash. It's just an hour. What are you going to do with your hour? What am I going to do with my hour? I pray this morning. I pray this morning that the last half hour of my life is more productive than the first half hour of my life. but it can only be fulfilled to its greatest potential is if we lock arms together and radically follow Jesus. As they come to the music this morning here's what I'm gonna say to you. I am not so naive that there are those under the sound of my voice this morning I would say this, right now in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. You would say this, I hear what you've said, Pastor. I want to pray. I want to read. I'm willing to give. God gives me direct. I'm willing to change how I do things. But you get real hung up on the last one. The reason, Ben, is this. You've been disappointed. You've been hurt. Some of you have even been really wounded by people. And the enemy's brought you along to the place where, you know what, I'll just come over here and I'll just kind of be engaged but not be engaged because... I'm not going to go through that again. It's a a trick of the enemy this morning. We are on a place where we're getting ready to experience one of the greatest unifying of the church in modern history. So I'm going to ask you to not trust me I'm going to ask you to trust the word of the Lord. I want you to take these things that I presented to you today and I want you to weigh them against the word of the Lord and say, does this really line up with what God's plan is for his church and for his people? And if you can come to the conclusion that, you know what, this is in alignment with the word of God, I think I'll give God, I'll just trust him one more time. I think I can say this this morning. My time of prayer and my time of study and my time of spending along just meditating on things of God. And I don't say it because I am the pastor of this house, but I'm here to tell you. I think I can say this, you're in a safe place. You don't have to walk around with all of these guards up. But you can walk around and be you, who God created you to be. Listen, we sure don't need another Ronnie Russell. Don't don't intimidate. Don't and try to be me. Don't don't do that. We just need you to be you. I'm just going to ask you to love me for who I am, and I'm going to love you for who you are. I want us all to bring our strengths to the table and to move forward together. And then when we do that, maybe we can help each other in our weaknesses. We all can become developed and better than we've ever been so that we can reach a world. So will you trust him today? As we stand all over the house this morning. I know I took you on a journey today. I know that it's very different than how I normally minister. But I couldn't get away from what God is birthing in my heart and my spirit for this time. And I'm not asking you to take this challenge alone but I want us to do it together. So over the next year, I'm going to have designated times where we're just going to come and we're going to pray for the entire world. I'm going to need some of you to help lead in those prayers. We're going to come together and we may just have times where we just read together. I'm not going to preach a message. We'll just come. We'll tear all these chairs up if we have to. We'll just make a big circle. and We'll just begin to read the Bible together. Just take an hour. Just read. Maybe elaborate on it. Somebody has a question. Just read the word together. Probably in those times, we'll probably sit and we'll have communion together over the next year as we sit at his table. Then I'm going to give you an opportunity. Let's be creative. Let's put our monies together and let's just touch a world. Think about it. Connorsville, Indiana. Two months ago, I didn't even know Brother Derek, but God has got us on fast track. We bought a bus this week. The guy sold us the wrong one. So we're trying to get all of that. I can't even talk today. Get it all worked out. Let's put it that way. By next Sunday, we'll have a bus. I just don't know if it's going to be yellow or white, but we're going to have a bus, okay? We're going to have the process of turning an old bus into a very nice bus, but turn it into a medical clinic that's going to touch people in the nation of Belize. And whatever dollar you might put into that, whatever ounce of sweat you might put into that, think about it, your labor is going to touch countless women and children and men that don't have the luxuries you have. I'm sacrificially giving my money and my time. In June I'm going to be going to Belize for the very first time. They already have given me an itinerary. I'm going to be traveling. He's going to wear me out is what he's going to do. I'm going to be someplace different every day in the nation. I'm going to be doing Christian radio shows as well, but then I'm going into the prison. I'm going to be preaching in the prison. I'm going to be preaching and meeting with pastors every day. And if that goes as we think, we're going to be taking in January of 2022, we're going to be bringing pastors from all over Belize, bringing them to Belize City, and we're going to love on them for a week. We're going to be putting them in a motel, anywhere from 75 to 100 pastors and their wives. So for a week, we're going to pour into their, their, this, the men and women that's leading the church and the nation of Belize. It's going to cost us 20, dollars $25,000. I'm glad I'm sitting with the one percenters. That's why I got those statistics. Just saying. But think about it. Some of you are going to have a privilege to go with me on that trip in January because not only are we going to give them the word, but you're going to have the opportunity to love on them, encourage them. We're going to be in a conference setting, in a motel, those types of things, but then we're also going to be traveling, ministering to some of the churches. But we're going to be able to sit down at the table, have meals together, and tell these men and women that's leading people that have nothing and tell them they can make it. You can love on them. Encourage them. It may take some of your young people. We'll see. Whatever God has. But we're going to have a bus to put together over there too. So get your tool belts ready because that will be another trip. Okay. We'll do part of it here. But because of how things are, we'll, we'll be going down there for a week and We'll be assembling the inside of a bus so it'll be ready to use. What I'm saying is this. We're going to do those things, but also, what about downtown here? What about your neighborhood? What about your high school and your grade schools? What about all of these areas that's right around you? We don't want to forsake them. Okay. Do I have anybody that's up for a challenge the next 365 days? Would you say, would you make actually this song your prayer this morning that she's playing? Anybody know what that song is? If that would be you this morning, you'd say this, Lord, you can use me. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat right now by faith. And I just want us to stand across the front of this building. And I want us to pray. We'll change the world together, my friend. You can stand, kneel. But I just want to call us into the altars this morning and say, God, if you can use anything, use me. Let's not be silent watchmen this morning. Let's be on watch. God bless you this morning. Hello, everybody. We just want to come to you today and say thank you so much for taking some time to watch us. Um, We hope that this message was encouraging and a blessing to you. Um, Feel free to private message us and follow us on all social media platforms that will be listed below. Thank you, guys, and have a great day.